Welcome to the Tending Our Nets podcast, where we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We encourage everyone to learn more. We work to equip believers to share their faith with everyone they know. My name is Joshua Sherman, and I am your host here at the Tending Arnett's podcast. Last time, we looked at the fact that the kingdom of God is already here, and yet it's not yet here in its fullness. We talked about what that will look like as we move forward in history and uh, what the church can do uh, to better uh, embrace, proclaim, and uh, live out uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, So those are things we need to really be focusing on. Today, I want to talk about some of the implications of different ways that people actually talk about um, Jesus and who he was and who he is, and they talk about the gospel and what the gospel is and what it isn't. I want to actually look at some ways that we can get this a little bit wrong, uh, because I don't want us to go down those paths and get distracted or, or have the gospel or our view of Jesus be distorted. One of the things that I've, I've heard before and I, I think probably the biggest uh, example I can he- think of this is Bill Johnson at Bethel, um, who has said that Jesus Christ is perfect theology. That sounds really good, and, and I think there are ways in which that's obviously very true. Um, but um, I've seen Bill Johnson do this, and I've seen some other people do this as well, where they'll take that phrase, and then what they'll do is they'll basically say, Uh, what we need to do if we want to understand God best is we need to look at the life that Jesus lived while he was here, the things that Jesus did while he was here, the things he did not do while he was here. Uh, And we need to essentially shape our entire idea of God through that lens, right? Our entire idea of Jesus through that lens. The problem that I have with that is that's actually a very narrow view of Jesus, who he is, who he was, uh, right? Uh, So you think about it, um, there are a couple of different dimensions you're actually missing if you're focusing only on the life of the incarnate son here on earth uh, in, you know, about 2,000 years ago. Uh, One of those is you're actually missing what the pre-incarnate son did and how he interacted with his people uh, before Jesus walked the earth. Uh, This is something you see actually very consistently uh, in the writings of the early church uh, and uh, all the way up even into the Reformers. Uh, We see uh, a pretty consistent view uh, that the angel of the Lord actually is um, a manifestation of Yahweh. Um, And so it's not just an angel that's over here as a separate being, but actually um, essentially a visible presence of Yahweh, and uh, that um, generally speaking, the church has seen that as the visible presence of the second person of the Trinity, the pre-incarnate Son interacting with his people. We see this in Jude 5, where uh, Jude actually uh, talks about the fact that the Lord, and in some manuscripts it actually says Jesus, delivered his people out of Egypt. We also see it in 1 Corinthians 10.4, when Paul talks about the fact that uh, the people were essentially accompanied by the rock, and the rock was Christ, which is a really interesting way to put things, because when we look at uh, themes in the Old Testament, especially in Deuteronomy 32, there are a number of places where 
God is referred to as the rock of Jacob or Israel or Jeshurun. Uh, and so, um, you know, God is the one who is their solid foundation. He's the one that provided uh, for their deliverance from Egypt. He's the one that led them through the wilderness. And um, when, when we say that God is the one who did all of those things, uh, again, you know, generally speaking, when we're talking about an, any kind of a physical, visible manifestation of God in the Old Testament, uh, that's generally been looked at as the pre-incarnate Son. So if we only look at what Jesus did uh, after he was born of Mary and grew up and then started to, to do ministry on earth and then you know, was crucified, rose, stuck around for a little while and ascended heaven, if we only look at that and we don't look before that, we're actually missing a big part of who Christ is, who the pre-incarnate, who the incarnate, who the eternal Son is. The other aspect of that we miss is that we actually don't pay attention to where the story goes, right? Um, so if we're only focusing on Jesus's ministry, on his death, on those things, uh, then and we decide to filter everything that we see about God through that lens, we're going to miss things like Revelation 19. So I'm just actually going to read this because I think it's very helpful for us to, to kind of get our heads out of, especially, um, especially more of a, a kind of just a human view of Christ, uh, a view that separates maybe the, the historical Jesus from the Christ of faith, uh, a view that um, you know, looks at Jesus essentially as a nice teacher or you know, maybe even a prophet, but doesn't really take him seriously as if he is God. So Revelation 19 verses 11 through 16 says this, uh, and this is from the NIV. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So I want us to think about that for a second when people start to say, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Let's look at the ways that Jesus loved people and accepted people. The ways that Jesus said, I have not come to judge the world, right? Um, and let's just stop there. We don't need to go any further because we know that, that that's who God is. Uh, we're going to ignore all of the rest of Scripture. We're going to ignore the Old Testament. We're going to ignore Revelation and what's, what is yet to come. And we're just going to focus on these parts of Jesus because these are the parts of Jesus we are comfortable with. These are the parts of Jesus that fit our agenda. And I think we need to get beyond that because it's very dangerous and it actually twists the gospel into something that it is not. Uh, so we're going to actually talk about that a little bit more next time uh, in, in looking at whether the gospel is truly good news for all people. And we'll talk about how that's a bit complicated. All right. Um, so again, 
Um, please uh, rate, write reviews, uh, like, subscribe, rate, uh, and uh, just help get the word out because we want to make sure that Christians are equipped to share the gospel with everyone they know. God bless. You've been listening to the Tending Our Nets podcast. If you like what you hear, check us out at the Raven Creek Social Club and by searching for us on social media via Tending Our Nets. Raise us up to bear your-